Hello and welcome to episode 5 of 27th Heaven, a podcast about the Angels. I'm Fabian Rodaya, the Angels beat writer for The Athletic. No guests for me today. We're going to be doing a mailbag episode, but first we're going to go dive into this Angels road trip that just occurred. Uh, they are currently at 7-5 and five and have had quite a lot of bad luck on the injury front. Uh, Anthony Rendon's on the injured list, Juan Ligaris, uh, Dexter Fowler's out for the season, Max Stassi's on the injured list, Justin Upton has missed the last couple games because of back stiffness, and it, it really appears that, like the injury bug has really caught up in a big way for the Angels because they had to use all five players uh, on their taxi squad over the course of this road trip. I don't think that's happened before. Uh, I would have to double-check that. But since the system is two years old at this point, I would imagine uh, they've come quite close to pushing that, and that obviously has led to some of the lower performances the last couple of games. Obviously, uh three combined runs over the last two games and obviously that part big part of that has to do with just some of the injuries that they've dealt with um the angels are going to have to make some roster moves coming into this homestand when they'll host the twins and the rangers uh and they'll have more freedom to do so a uh, part of like i mentioned before with the taxi squad is you can only really add players who are traveling with you on the team on the taxi squad for the specific case so for the last road trip, that taxi squad was Anthony Bemboom, John Jay, Ben Rowan, Jaime Berea, and Jack Mayfield. All five players made onto the active roster. Jack Mayfield has already been optioned. I'd imagine there'll be more roster moves coming, and they'll have more options once they get back to Anaheim. Um, that'll include people who are at the alternate site. I wouldn't be surprised to see Luis Renjifo called up at some point in the next uh, 24, 48 hours. Uh, Taylor Ward is someone who fits perfectly into that as well. Uh, they have options, and they'll have more options to do so. Of course, that leads to the question of why those players who were on the taxi squad were added. Um, the way Joe Madden has explained it, I think it sort of makes some sense in theory, is having the players who they, who need the everyday at-bats, who need the everyday work, players who you're still trying to develop, a lot of these younger players, or players who you're still like hoping can have can tap into more whether it be a Luis Renjifo, a Taylor Ward, or even a Joe Adele or a Brandon Marsh, you're going to have them in Arizona at the alternate site for now, getting those everyday at-bats uh, and getting the, sort of those reps to keep developing rather than when you're on the Texas squad, you get to work out a little bit before the game starts, but it's not really like you're seeing live pitching or anything like that. You're not really getting instruction. You're just there to be ready and set to go, which is why Joe Madden went with some of those veteran, more veteran arms, more veteran players, players that you can sort of plug and play. Uh, that will obviously be different over the course of this homestand. And we'll see how things sort of go from there. I think besides the Fowler injury, they really kind of avoided the uh, big blow injury. Um, it seems like it'll be a short-term stay for Anthony Rendon with his left groin strain. Uh, it's a left thumb sprain for Max Stassi. And I think Joe Madden said it was around 10 days to two weeks, which honestly is probably the best uh, case scenario there, considering it's something that happened on a foul tip in the first inning of a game and he stayed in all the way to the seventh and he was able to play through it so it doesn't sound like it's going to be something that's going to be long term for the angels and that's obviously big with max stassi being sort of the veteran presence that he's been behind the plate uh, one of the best framers of baseball and the bat looks like it's been exactly what it was last year which obviously makes the deep lineup even deeper uh juan Ligaris barely has gotten a chance to play this year but obviously that hurts their outfield depth that seems like it'll be a short-term stay, and it does sound like the Angels 
uh, are going to have Felix Pena back at some point over the course of this homestand. He, he seems physically ready, according to Joe Madden, uh, and it's just a matter of figuring out what spot he takes in the bullpen, and that's something we can address a little bit later. I think there's some questions in that in the mailbag. Obviously, I'm referring to the mailbag I did this week at The Athletic. I, there's a couple stories up over the course of this week. I, I wrote about Anthony Rodone trying to find his uh, stretch of the play. Obviously, this happened before the injury news that we knew about. Uh, talked a little bit about Shohei Otani's blister. Uh, talked a little bit about um, Shohei Otani at the plate this uh, year, really being one of the best hitters in all of baseball and really crushing the ball in a way that he didn't do last year, uh, which is a very big development for the Angels going forward. And then there was obviously a mailbag that I did uh, taking some of your fan questions over the course of the week. And these are some of the questions that just missed the cut, but I still feel like were interesting to discuss. So, let's get down to the questions. Our first question uh, from Matt R. uh, Obviously touches upon Shohei Otani, who is a very common subject of discussion for the Angels this year. And his question is, why can't the Angels catch an injury of Otani's before he tries to push through and play with it? I'm thinking especially of blisters. The results just aren't there when he tries to tough it out and only seem to sideline him longer. Quote, I am parentheses, specifically his pitching. I think this is fair. Uh, I think it's fair that um, that the Angels have had some issues, obviously, especially with Otani's blisters. He's had to leave now three different starts. Oh, yeah, three different starts if you include the uh, outing at Dodger Stadium right before the season started uh, with blister issues, obviously, the second one in 2018 was also led to him eventually needing Tommy John surgery down the line. Uh, but, I mean, they've had issues. This has been a long-term issue for Otani dating back to high school. This is something the Angels, like, you just have to sort of manage. And I feel like this is not just a uniquely Otani case when it comes to a blister. I think it's a very common thing with pitchers in general. Um, it's just something that, they, that you kind of have to deal with. It's one of those things where... You can maintain it. You can manage it a little bit. I mean, I've had a conversation with Rich Hill about this because uh, he was someone who has had a lot of blister issues, especially in recent years with the baseballs changing. And he's tried a little bit of everything. And it, it just seems like it's one of those things where you can try to build up the callus, but like the more you have to throw through it. And I think that's something that Shohei Otani has said as well. And it's not the most surprising thing that uh, blisters have cropped up again for Otani even though it's been a couple of years, just because this is the most he's thrown probably since that 2018 season. Obviously, he couldn't throw it all in 2019, coming off of Tommy John surgery, and then 2020, he barely, threw, he barely pitched before going down with the forearm strain. So this is something that the Angels have to continue to monitor as far as being able to catch some of these injuries and being able to have some of those communication things. That's the big thing, and I think that's the thing that I mentioned a little bit in the mailbag post, was it's going to come down to trust uh, between... Joe Madden, the front office, and Shohei Otani, trust and communication, uh, the ability, if the Angels are going to let Shohei Otani sort of do this and dictate, have more control of when he's able to go and when he's not able to go, it's going to have to rely on honest communication between the two parties. And uh, something that sort of stuck out to me a little bit about that first start on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, after the fact, now that we knew know about the blister, was the fact that in that last inning when Otani did lose his command a little bit, uh, 
apparently he was dealing with some of that blister issues. It cropped up again a little bit. And that was something that he didn't initially tell the Angels, uh, according to Matt. So that's obviously something that maybe raised an eyebrow a little bit, but I think it's something that as the season goes along, more of that trust builds. Uh, that's going to be something that will be a little bit easier to manage. And I think something I touched upon in that note about the uh, Angels and their usage of Otani and what that means to the blister, I think there's going to be cases where the Angels are going to skip Shohei Otani from starts in general, just as a matter of uh, workloads, just how Otani's feeling, a matter of how he's he feels physically or if he's fatigued at any point during the course of the year. Like, that's part of what the ongoing dynamic is going to have to be, is just this ongoing communication. Uh, so that's something that is going to be something to keep an eye on over the course of the season. But I don't think the Angels necessarily acted out of turn or anything like that with how they sort of approached this first start. Obviously, it's been a little while before he makes his second start. We don't know the exact date for that. But all indications are that Otani's healthy, that the blister is feeling better. Uh, it's just a matter of you have to kind of see if he can hold up through a start and at that point you continue to pitch through it our next question we will go with nathan l who uh in the wake of dexter fowler's injury had a question about right field he asked do you think fowler's injury means we could see joe adele back sooner rather than later I don't think you can rule it out, but I don't think you're going to expect to see Joe Adele walking into the Angel Stadium clubhouse or walking out there at Angel Stadium uh, this weekend. I don't think he'll be that quick. I think the whole point of how the Angels have sort of envisioned this season for him and sort of how, like the spring has sort of reemphasized that. Like they, they are not giving up on him at this point. Obviously, it's way too soon. He is such a small sample size, even above AA. Uh, so it's important to remember that, and it's important to remember he hasn't played a full season of baseball since 2018. He had the injury issues in 2019, and then obviously we all know what happened in 2020. So I think the plan is to have him at the alternate site until the minor league season starts, and then see how he looks for a month or two at AAA Salt Lake, and see if these kind of things he's been working on, whether it be making more consistent contact at the plate, which it seemed like he made some strides on over the course of the spring. He reduced, uh, he got rid of the leg kick, reduced sort of like the moving parts in his swing, and it showed, like sort of showed itself uh, with a lot more hard contact. And then him just getting comfortable in right field. Uh, I think he has all the tools, obviously, to be a successful right fielder uh, and to be a successful defender. There's a reason why scouts have not necessarily hated his glove, uh, even leading up to these uh, previous few years. Uh, obviously the results haven't been there at the big league level or whenever we've seen him in the spring in the outfield. Uh, but I think that's going to come with time. I think the angels do have options, uh, in the short term in right field. Obviously John Jay is on the active roster right now, but if they do decide to make a change there, uh, Juan Ligaris, when he gets healthy, is probably gonna be someone who's going to get some playing time. Scott Shebler isn't on the 40 man roster, but is someone who had a really good spring and, Joe Madden thought highly enough to even try him in center field at points over the course of the spring, so he's someone I wouldn't be surprised if they call up at some point this year. And Taylor Ward, I think, is the automatic name that comes to mind, just considering that he pretty much was the everyday right fielder by the end of last year. Uh, you thought he might have a shot at trying to win that job again before they trade for Dexter Fowler in February. And he showed he's continued to show like evolution at the plate. Uh, I don't think he's going to necessarily be 
the big power guy or put together the power numbers that he put together at AAA. I think he's going to be close to a league average hitter, and if he could be that while also being sort of this super athletic uh, outfielder type who can maybe catch on in an emergency case, play some first base, that's going to open up things for this Angels team, and obviously we'll see uh, how that opens up the rest of the roster. We'll see if Luis Rontifo gets called up or what the Angels decide to do with Jose Rojas, who it sounds like, I mean, the plan was going to be for him to get some time to right field before Anthony Rendon got hurt as well. So there's going to be options. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to speed up Adele's timeline. But, of course, Joe Adele could always speed up his own timeline just by continuing to perform and sort of making making the team know that he's ready to come up. Uh, obviously, there still is a lot of upside. I would not be surprised at whatsoever. I would almost expect him to be the everyday right fielder at some point this year. Our next question comes from Dominic S., who asks, What happens when Felix Pena is ready? Only him, Sleegers, and Chris Rodriguez have options, I believe. Who was the odd man out in the bed, in the bullpen? Uh, that's correct. Uh, Felix Pena is pretty much ready. So this is a big question. Uh, Aaron Slagers and uh, Chris Rodriguez do have minor league options. I think those are the two options that they're looking at, uh, just because that, that keeps your depth, restores your depth, uh, the Angels did definitely beef up that depth over the course of leading into the spring. Uh, they've added James Hoyt. They added Steve Ciszek and Tony Watson. Uh, they have brought back Noe Ramirez on a minor league deal. A.J. Ramos is close to being ready uh, if the Angels do need him in a major league situation. They're all down the minor league site, uh, alternate site, except for Watson and Ciszek, who are obviously in the bullpen right now. I'd imagine it's someone between Sligers and Rodriguez. It might be Rodriguez, mostly just so they can have him in that controlled environment. The way they've used him so far, it's been pretty mindful of his injury history and the fact that he has only usually ever worked as a starter. Like He's had a couple days off between outings pretty much every single time. Uh, they, he's been about 26 to 41 pitches. Obviously, the Angels are going to need a long man, but Slagers has done that in the past. I know they haven't quite stretched him out in those sort of multi-inning outings yet, but that's someone that you could see Felix Pena doing as well. So I'd imagine it'll be Chris Rodriguez, but I'd imagine it's between uh, Rodriguez or Slayers. Uh, that's the decision they're probably trying to make once uh, they do decide that to activate Felix Pena. Our next question, uh, Renee H. Uh, asked, any chance we get a Madden and Javi Baez reunion? Uh, there is obviously a chance. I mean, the season has started. Javi Baez does not have an extension with the Chicago Cubs, and Javi Baez is a free agent after the season. So the Angels are obviously going to be in the market for a shortstop. Jose Iglesias, their current shortstop, is also a free agent after this year. Uh, the Angels are probably going to be in that market because they're going to have more money to spend. Albert Pujols' contract com- finally comes off the books after this year as well. And we know that Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, loves to spend money on big-name, high-profile position players. Uh, so it's going to be a position of need. It's going to be opportunity. And also, there's a lot of options out there. It's Baez, but it's also Carlos Correa. It's Corey Seager. It's Trevor Story. Um, it, it's a lot of those types of players. And even Anderson Simmons, if they want to have a reunion there. Uh, I do think that there's a chance that there's a reunion. I don't know if it's necessarily the most likely situation. Uh, I think 
Still, the chance the chances are that I wouldn't be surprised if Javi Baez comes up to terms with the Cubs, whether it be after he hits the mark or something like that. If he just decides to stay there, I know the Cubs probably took a step back in terms of payroll this winter, but they I would imagine they want to keep part of that original championship core intact, whether it be Rizzo, Bryant, or Baez, or some grouping of that of those guys. So I, I'd imagine that there will be competition. I'd imagine Javi Baez. I know he had it down twenty twenty and. Uh, We'll see how his 2021 sort of rebounds, but I think there's a chance, but I don't, I don't know how likely it is at this point. All right, our next question is from Jared M., who asked a question that was I did answer in the mailbag, but I wanted to answer it again here. Uh, is there a deadline on an extension this season for a guy like Bundy? No, there is not. Uh, I mean, there, I'm sure there could be. I'm sure there are sort of these opening day deadlines that are typically set all the time. But those are all arbitrary. There is nothing in the rule books that is keeping the Angels from trying to assign an extension uh, with Dylan Bundy right now. Uh, obviously, the Angels did set an opening day deadline uh, for David Fletcher. When they were negotiating that extension, they were able to get that done shortly before opening day. And the last time we asked Dylan Bundy about this, which was about end of spring training, he said that there hadn't been any discussions between the Angels and his representation. So it doesn't seem like there'd be anything necessarily imminent. But it wouldn't be unprecedented for an extension to be signed middle of the season. I think I saw a report recently that Martin Maldonado was close to an extension with the Astros. Uh, obviously, the Astros signed Eli Goriel to an extension last year during the postseason. I think it was right before a postseason series, no less. So I don't think it's ruling it out, but if I'm Dylan Bundy, I think I'm taking the free agent market. I think it's going to be a really interesting market and one that he can make a lot of money in. Uh, obviously, there are some big names gonna, who are going to be out there, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Zach Greinke, Justin Verlander. Those are all veteran, established arms. Uh, they all have won Cy Young's. Yes, they all, they all have won Cy Young's, I believe. Yes, they have. Uh, so, I mean, those are all going to be guys who are towards the end of their careers, or at least the latter half of their careers, probably going to be looking for a chance or an opportunity either to either be close to home or a chance to win. Uh, none of those really apply to the Angels directly. Obviously, the Angels are going to be trying to push towards contention, but I don't think they're going to be the slam dunk kind of team that, that you try to look to sign with. I feel like Charlie Morton, who signs with the Braves this past winter or something like that. Uh, then there's Noah Syndergaard, who we don't know what he looks like yet. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. He'll probably return at some point over the course of the season. And then there's Eduardo Rodriguez, who didn't pitch last year uh, after contracting COVID uh, and then uh, had a really bad bout of COVID, and we'll see how he pitches over the course of a full season. So it's not necessarily like the top of the market's flooded uh, with guys who are like Bundy which gives him a chance to really cash in if he chooses to hit the market. And obviously, if you're the Angels, you want to keep him because he is the best starter on your team. He's still just 28 years old. And you're looking at a position where, if you include Bundy, you have four guys who are going to be free agents who are currently in your rotation right now. And that's the last spots you have to backfill. Whether And obviously, that's going to cost you depth. Obviously, you can feel good about what Chris Rodriguez, Reed Detmers, uh, Griffin Canning and Chuyo Tani can bring you, and obviously you can think about what Patrick Sandoval could do in a rotation, uh, what Jaime Barria could do in a rotation, see if you still believe in Jose Suarez, 
but that's going to cost you depth. The Angels are going to have to add to the rotation in some form or fashion this winter, and the easiest way to do that, obviously, would be to bring back Dylan Bundy. And then our last question uh, for this mailbag edition of 27th Heaven, we got Nicholas W. who asked, Thoughts on having Walsh play the majority of the right field duty? Seems like Madden should do anything to keep his bat in the lineup. That's pretty much what he's done. I don't I don't really hate it. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with how the Angels were kind of limited uh, with the taxi squad, short bench, and on the road trip. Uh, he, Joe, I mean, Jared Walsh looks fine in right field. He's played a lot of right field in the minor leagues. He's a really athletic guy. That's why he plays so well defensively at first base. He has obviously has a good arm because that's why they've tried him at pitcher. Uh, and he feels healthy with that arm, which he didn't last year. So I think that you probably would have seen more of Jared Walsh in right field last year if he didn't have some of the throwing issues or arm issues he did last year. I think you're going to try to keep Jared Walsh in the lineup any way you can. At this point, he's kind of proven that he can be that kind of hitter, at least uh, just someone who can make consistent hard contact uh, basically since last September, and he hasn't really stopped since. Obviously, he had the slow spring, but has sort of found that groove yet again uh, at the plate during the regular season here. So, I mean, the Angels are probably going to try to keep him in the lineup any way they can. He's pretty much the primary first baseman at this point, uh, or at least was before they had some of the right field injuries. And I'd imagine if the Angels do sort of bring in Taylor Ward to be the everyday right fielder or something like that, then you sort of see Walsh slide back over to first base. But I don't think he's going to lose any at-bats anytime soon. And I think he's earned that right. And I think he pretty much, I think if you sort of had to rank when healthy, the lineup, the bats you trust most in this lineup, you probably would go Trout, Rendon, uh, then Otani, and I think you probably would go to Walsh next above Justin Upton. Uh, And that says a lot uh, for what Walsh has been able to be last few years and what some of the struggles that Upton's had or the inconsistencies that Upton has had. And that wraps up our mailbag edition of 27th Heaven. We'll be back uh, soon with another guest having a chance to talk more about the Angels. Uh, They obviously, as I mentioned before, they'll have the Twins and the Rangers at home before hitting the road yet again. Uh, They're currently tied for first place in the AL West, so I'm sure there'll be more to talk about next time you'll you'll hear us.